Hey, Emmy, can you say this is dinner for dessert? This is dinner for dessert. Close enough. Hey, Eric. Hey, Pop. How you doing? I'm doing all right. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm a little lonely here in the studio for the second episode in a row. Yeah, this is kind of crazy that we've gone back-to-back episodes, not together. Yeah, it's weird. So uh, last episode, we did a half episode, which was our first. It was in our uh, inaugural half episode. Yes. But that was because my entire house was on lockdown. It was a bad place to be uh, for everyone. But this week, Eric... There has been a the same stomach virus, whatever the heck it is, is now rampaging your house. Yeah, but the crazy thing is, like, I'm not sick right now, but my two nieces are, and my sister is, and I know that it's it's living dormant in my body right now. So doing the respectable thing, I was not going to come to your house and <laughs> re-gift you guys another stomach virus. I know. That would have been very terrible, so thank you for that. <laughs> Jones, on the other hand, is an innocent victim in all this, and we figured since we're, we're quarantining Eric, we might as well quarantine Jones, and uh, Jones, you're also dialing in remotely. What's going yeah, on, I man? I can't believe it. I'm uh, talking to you guys from my uh, secret dungeon recording studio, where I, use, <laughs> where I make my, uh, my sick beats. It's, uh, it's also freezing down here, by the way. I forgot my, my slippies at home. <laughs> See, we don't have this problem in Chloe's room. That's right. Our, the the uh, you know the flagship studio, Chloe's room studios, is has all the amenities. It has heat. It has air conditioning in the summer. It has a couch. It has a green room where you could where all our guests get um, refreshments and snacks. It also has that new fancy um, exercise bike that all the all the cool kids are using. Oh, the Peloton. Yeah, the Peloton. Yeah, uh, it's a. It's a it's a it's a national treasure that Peloton bike. It's, <laughs> it's a little place you got there. Oh, thank you. But yeah, kind of like I'm kind of bummed because I like when we're in the room together. But you know what? Sometimes we have to take precaution. Yeah, you got to do the right thing. Precautionary measures. Yes. Okay, so Eric, on our last episode, our last flagship episode of Dinner for Dessert. Okay. I asked you to choose two paths. To start the show, I said, I have a thought-provoking question for you, and I have a brain teaser question for you. You chose the thought-provoker. I did. After the thought-provoker, we decided that we were going to revisit the brain teaser. Oh, yes. I forgot about that. And since we got feedback that we never follow up on things we say we're going to do, today we're going to do what we we said we were going to do, and I'm going to ask you the brain teaser. Are you oh my ready? god, I'm I'm nervous and excited. I'm nervous too because it's so it's such a hard brain teaser that I don't know how this is going to play out on the air. We may lose some listeners as you think through it. I don't think so. Well, let's find out. All right, let's hear it. The question is this. If Pinocchio said out loud, "My nose will grow right now." What would happen? Okay, you just hit me with the liar's paradox. 
Are you familiar with that? I am. It sounds like you are um, too, so I'm excited to hear your answer. Yeah, it's like it's one of my favorite things that I've actually researched and gone down severe rabbit holes on YouTube with. Um, the liar paradox for people listening is um, <clears throat> when somebody makes this particular statement, okay? I am lying. If the liar is actually lying, then the liar's telling the truth, which means he's lying. So it's like an infinite loop that can never, it can never be settled. So yeah, let's play that back. Okay. If, if a lot, if someone says, "I am lying," okay, either they're lying to you and telling you the truth, which means they're lying. They're lying about lying. Yes. Wow. So it's an, it's never ending. That's crazy. And then the, and the Pinocchio been, one is because. Oh, well, it's you go ahead. Thing. This is your question. So you go. Tell me yeah, why Pinocchio. So it's the same thing, right? Like it's, um, you know, philosophers have, have literally been going like on with this one particular statement for like a ridiculous amount of time. Okay. Like I've looked, it's gone so far back, like 600, like BC, this has been like a thing, you know? Um, so the Pinocchio one, what was it again? My nose will grow now. Yeah, and Pinocchio's nose only grows when he's lying. Yes. So if he's telling the truth, then it would grow. And if he's lying, it would grow. So you're putting yourself in a paradox yet again where both come to the same conclusion. Yeah, it's it, it is mind numbing and there's really no answer. And that's what makes it a paradox. No, that's the it's, best it's, part it's, is it there's no contradicts itself. Yeah. Yeah, people, um, if you're like interested in getting like a little more detailed in this, go on YouTube and just write on the liar's paradox. People have actually tried to, I guess, bust it open and they all think they have like this unique way to do it, but they're all completely wrong. Yeah, there is no answer. There is no answer. Yeah. And I, I'm going to trust the, the prophets through time who have told me there's no answer over like Steve from Iowa on YouTube. <laughs> Steve from Iowa is the worst. Steve from Iowa, he's got a really entertaining channel, but uh, that that whole that whole smash the like button thing that he does, like I really can't take that. <laughs> what's a, what's from uh, what do we what we love uh, the good place? So if Jeremy Beremy was to tell me <laughs> that he figured out an answer to the power, I'd, I'd believe him, uh, but no one else. If, if Cheedy figured it out, he <laughs> well, if you asked this That's, to Cheedy uh, on the good place, his head would explode. Would totally explode because he can't decide on anything ever. Yeah, and this would this would actually kill the man. Ah, this is a good one. This is a good one, man. Yeah, I think that Jones his next synthwave song that he makes should be named "The Liar's Paradox." I'm just saying. One thousand million percent. If that's I'm not a song on, name yet, that that's a shame. I'm working that's on one. I'm working on one right now that's called Jeremy Barry. That's yes. amazing. Then, you're, if not a song, that should be your first synthwave album. Yes, it's a good album name. Yeah. Jeremy Bermy? <laughs> the Liar's Paradox. Either one. Actually, Jeremy Bermy is pretty good. Yeah. Jer- Jeremy Bermy, colon, The Liar's Paradox. <laughs> <laughs> album for listening. <laughs> oh, okay. that was so good. All right. So, Eric, I have another question for you. This is a bonus question. <laughs> yes. Lucky me. 
Is the, you could call this one thought provoking. Okay. On the heels of Super Bowl Fifty Three, and the uh, halftime show performed by Maroon Five and Travis Scott. Boring. Well, I have a question for you: Is Adam Levine, the lead singer of Maroon Five, Adam Levine, is he the Jason Momoa of musicians? Oh my God, the handsome paradox. Is it that he's just so handsome that people ignore the fact that he's not a good oh singer? Oh my God, it is. He's such a good-looking dude. He's like really great, handsome. Really handsome guy. Great fashion sense. Ah, oh, boring musician. The worst. And he judges musical talent on, on TV. And I'm not saying that he's not talented. He's a talented musician. Don't get me wrong. Great guitar player. Yes. But like that performance stunk. Right, he stunk it up. He legitimately looked nervous, like a guy that's yeah. been doing this for twenty years as like a superstar. Looked nervous on stage, had terrible just stage presence. His voice sounded like garbage, and I thought to myself, "This guy's like the Jason Momoa of musicians." That's so crazy. Uh, see, I got to take the the devil's advocate on that one. That's if you had to pick the most difficult place to perform music ever, it's probably the Super Bowl. Like you have, like in your head, all you can think about is that there's millions and millions of people watching around <laughs> the world. And then you're in a stadium, but it's like the stadium's not really set up for your show. It's like set up for something else and you're just the side act, you know? Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to counter that with, uh, when I see a guy like Bruno Mars get on that stage and totally kill it or a guy like Prince get up there or Lady Gaga and totally kill it. I kind of have to shoot your argument down that it's a hard place to play and it falls back on the musician for me. I, I think too, there's, there's differing degrees of who played to a backing track, who lip synced, who did you say lip synced? Did he lip- say lip synced? He said lip synced. <laughs> yeah. Who lip skanked. <laughs> who, uh, that's another, uh, synth wave song title. Lip skanked. <laughs> lip skanked. Lip skanked. Lip skanked. <laughs> And then also, who's the better performer? Like Lady Gaga has been doing stadiums for a little while. I don't think Maroon Five has ever really done anything that big. Like they're really popular on the radio, but I, I don't think they play shows that big. I can't remember ever hearing someone saying, "Oh man, I can't wait to go see them." They have to. I'm sure they play the Garden when they're in New York. They have yeah. to. So many people love that dude. But but I think that's a different thing. Like uh, the Garden, where it's like eighteen thousand people, and uh, they probably don't even sell it out versus uh, a football stadium. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I I just feel like you're letting him off the hook a little too easy. Yeah, maybe. Just remember (laughs) how much money he makes and then think about he should get the level of scrutiny we're giving him. It's also like it's also it was probably cold and he was wearing no shirt. I mean, it was inside a dome. It It wasn't that cold. He was fine. I mean, he's so hot anyway. Perfect temperature in that place. Yeah. All right, I, I flipped. Uh, fuck him. I don't care about it. There you go. Now we're talking. <laughs> he sucks. Yes. He's terrible. <laughs> we, he sucks. we also have to put that in the curse jar. That was our first curse of the day, Jones. Yes. Oh, no. Jones, yeah, it was Jones a good one, with the first curse on the board. I'm actually Dropped put, a fork, like really like dead center of his <laughs> statement, too. Yeah, I'm actually typing this down in our notes so we could keep, we could keep track <laughs> yes. afterwards. Uh, that was a good what one, a, Jones. Just what a what a bad choice, though. Like Maroon Five, like ugh, and, who? Ugh. 
I agree. It was a bad choice. And on top of being a bad choice, they partnered him up with Travis Scott. And I don't know if he's, I know, I'm sure he's really popular and I'm just out of touch. But like, even if he's really popular, like the song they picked, they had to mute the, the vocals for like half of a verse. So he's yeah, in there here, for like 30 seconds and then 15 of the 30 seconds, he was muted. So what's the Here's point? my problem with the Travis Scott pick, right? There's so many other rappers that are more popular right now um, that also have radio hits. Travis Scott doesn't. He's more like a raw. He's like underground almost ish. Yeah. Like he's, he doesn't have like that hot song on the radio that Z 100 or any pop radio station is playing 55 times a day. Like that doesn't, that's not there. So to go with him was kind of like a weird choice for me. I personally, you know, I listen to rap and I, I don't know. I couldn't name you any song from him. I, I I knew the only reason I knew the name is because I know he's dating uh, Kylie Jenner. That's the entire, the only reason why I know him. Yeah. I would have never because I, I follow her on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only no reason clue. I know that. And then like, where on earth do they find big boy at? Well, see that one actually makes the most sense to me because that's where he's from. Uh, yeah. ATL, I guess, but like that dude has him. I haven't heard a peep out of Outkast in probably like 10 years. Yeah, because Outkast, the group, hasn't done anything together. But Big Boy's actually had uh, a couple of side projects since, like uh, different types of music, like electronic stuff, like crazy stuff. And so I get it. It's still weird. It's funny. I talked to, I was talking to like a 50 year old lady at work, and she's like, she, she was complaining, and she goes, they picked like the, the crappy Outkast member. Like, where was Andre 3000? I'm like, how do you know this? She's like, what? You think I wasn't cool once? I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Um, See, it's not even that he's the crappy one. He's actually the more talented rapper of the two. You, you know what so? I mean? Big boy. I guess Andre 3000 is just a better entertainer slash just musician. Yeah. So um, it's more interesting human being, in my opinion. Yeah, so he does uh, Fantagram was one of the other ones I was thinking of. And um, Big Grams was another one that he did. Who's he, so those are two, Big Boy? Big Boy. Yeah, like two side projects he's he's worked with. Yeah, I mean, it was there. He wasn't. I have no beef with Big Boy. No, I, 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 but I, also I have a beef do, with everything else, though. I also do get the question, like, why Big Boy? The, uh, but the only connection I make is he's from Atlanta. And they tried to probably get a home crown guy to like spice the crowd. But again, your crowd isn't, it's not like it's a home game for the Falcons, you know, where all your crowd is from Atlanta and they're going to, they're going to get it. So yeah, it whatever. Yeah. It doesn't even, it doesn't even um, matter with the Super Bowl of, of a quote unquote hometown crowd. Everyone's coming from all over the place. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I just looked up a list of the best musical acts from Atlanta. And every one of these is a better choice than what they put on TV. <laughs> name, name a few. Uh, TLC, uh, the band Atlanta, like that country group. Um, <laughs> Macedon, I, I, know, I know you guys aren't fans of them, but I think they're great. Uh, I don't think it's the right setting for, for Macedon <laughs> to play. Zach Brown, Zach Brown band. Um, that would have been that, See, that would have been a good plug-in with Maroon 5. They could have done hits. People could have sang along. A little bit of chicken fried. I love that song, Chicken Fried, by the way. <laughs> I know. I, we used to play it on our old format. Yeah. Did I ever tell you guys, every time I fly, 
I'm, I'm a weirdo. Every time I fly, I just assume that the plane's going down. So on the oh, takeoff, me too. Yeah. So on the takeoff, I always put on I'm like, what, what do I want my like last song to be on earth that I'm listening to? And I, I have like three or four. One of the three, one of the three or four is um, chicken fried. And the other three are ghetto superstar. They're all ghetto superstar. Bombs over Baghdad by Outkast. Yes. Oh, it's oh, fantastic. Um, so, all right. Guys, guess what's up next? Uh, you tell me, man. It's the feedback loop. We're, we're professionals. Eric, what kind of feedback do we have this week? Oh, we got some good stuff, man. I'm pretty excited. Um, <clears throat> so Mike Arnone, who is uh, the brother of Allison Arnone, who was a guest on, on our past episode, tried to call us out on the fact that he didn't believe 7-Eleven made their own sandwiches. And we've always been such big advocates of that because we love 7-Eleven sandwiches and we knew that they make them in a factory and they deliver them to themselves every morning fresh, right? We've talked about this on air. We knew this. Um, so Mike Arnone, he hits us up the other day and uh, he, does, he doesn't believe it. And he's like making fun of us almost <laughs> that I can't believe you guys would think that 7-Eleven makes their own sandwiches. Um, so he actually took it to, to the best place possible. He walked into a 7-Eleven with his phone recording and he asked the gentleman behind the counter, hey, do you guys make your own sandwiches or do you buy them from somewhere else? And the guy told him, we make our own and deliver them to our stores every morning. And he looked down at the camera, such defeat in his face and knew that he had battled the wrong two gentlemen when it came to discussing 7-Eleven food. Yeah, we don't mess around when it comes to 7-Eleven. I, I didn't see this. Where was this? This was in a, we had a little side conversation with uh, with Mike Arnone, oh, and it was me, terrific. I'm going to send you the video. That's yeah. hysterical. We got to get you. I don't think Mike has your cell phone number, but I think we need you in the group chat because it's, yeah, we'll it's just a re, constant. We'll redo yeah. the chat. Yeah. We'll redo the chat with his number in it. Perfect. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, but, link, link me up. I've never met him in person before, but that's awesome. <laughs> he's, he's a good dude. He's All an right, awesome cool. dude. Yeah. All right. Also, oh, so I have one. I got I got called out by Allison Arnone, who is same same family. Um, we get a lot of <laughs> feedback from them, uh, which is great. Uh, she uh, is a little mad at me because during our half episode uh, a few days ago, I mentioned all the negative feedback that she gave me, but I totally <laughs> omitted all the awesome things she said about the show. <laughs> so I, I I don't know maybe it's just like I'll, I'll blame it on on the on the stomach virus maybe it just slipped my mind or maybe I just like to focus on where we can improve instead of kind of patting ourselves on the back but she did say that the show is great she thinks it's hilarious she actually legitimately laughs out loud on the train um, she she thinks that we should be huge and uh, that you know it's just a matter of time before we get there so she said like all these great things i was it was amazing i was blown away by her feedback i almost don't believe it but um <laughs> i was blown away and so allison i hope hopefully this gets us out of the doghouse and by us i mean me because i am <laughs> solely responsible for omitting some of your feedback yeah this one's all you brother yeah sorry about that i don't know i feel but, like i'm in the doghouse though 
<laughs> yeah, just by association. Yeah, just I haven't been living up to the, the Mike Jones credo. No, no. Speaking of not living up to the Mike Jones credo, can I add my own feedback loop in here? Sure. It's yeah. been a while since we've gotten a production piece out of Jonesy. I'm just saying. Yeah, time machines and Kia Optimus. We've gotten nothing recently. Hold on, hold on. I got, I got something for you. I'm going to do it live. Are you going to do it live? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, boy. What are we going to do, Jonesy? Fellas, this is going to be great. Opening the package up on this new uh, production piece. Oh, wow. This is, this is an- Oh, you're going to actually perform a production piece? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, is that a recorder? <laughs> <laughs> it's too small to be a recorder. Wait, what is that? It's this thing that I use to charm snakes. <laughs> That's what it looks like. <laughs> oh, all right. That needs to stop immediately or else we're going to lose all of our listeners. <laughs> yeah, please, I, I, please put it back in the package from which it came. <laughs> I, I would have never Before, done that on the air had you guys not asked. So spe- speaking of losing listeners, um, <laughs> our friend Rich Dorney, he told us he's going to unsubscribe from the podcast because of Pomp's disparaging Mets comments. So Pomp, you're in the doghouse with numerous people. Yeah, what did I do, man? Last week, I really pissed a lot of people off. I'm sorry. But everyone. then he said he's going to resubscribe in hopes of more Stone Cold Steve Austin talk. So, so yeah, I guess we can get it back in if we yeah, just break jo- the glass. <laughs> Yeah, Jonesy, I think you could salvage a listener for us with all your uh, professional wrestling. Uh, For the record, though, I made fun of the Mets, but I'm also technically a Mets fan, right? So I'm allowed to make fun of my own sports team. I think that's the rule. Absolutely. Yeah. Should I tell the story of why I'm a Mets fan? Yeah, let me tell the story because it's it's so much sweeter (laughs) as as an actual Mets fan. So I used to... Like, I love the Mets, and I used to listen to, I used to watch all the games, and if I wasn't home, I would listen to them on the radio in my car. So when we first got licenses, we lo- we drove around everywhere. So um, being a year older than Pomp, I always had my, li- I had my license for a year before he did. So I would pick him up, and uh, one night, it was, it was a Met game on, and he used to hate it because I used to listen to them till completion, um, and he wanted to listen to music in the car and I wouldn't turn it off. So this particular game, the Mets were getting crushed. Yeah. And, and for it, the record, I'm a Yankee fan too. So I'm at yes. this time. I'm a Yankee fan. At this point, I don't watch sports. I don't, I, I don't watch <laughs> baseball. I watched only football at this point, but so this, this game was out of hand. The Mets were getting crushed uh, by the Braves and it was, it was like ninth inning. But and just, but just set the scene though. You're not <laughs> like, it's a team that you don't like. Right, <laughs> the team that you don't like is on the radio on like a night out when you're like hanging out with your friend and you can't talk it's like to a your Friday, friend. It's like a Friday night too. It's not like a regular weeknight. And I can't talk to Eric because he's got it blasting so loud, right? And he's like, <laughs> and every time I try to talk, he's like, shh, shh, hold on, hold on, hold on, <laughs> wait, hold on, one second, hold on, right? And they're losing. It's got to be like eight nothing in the ninth, ninth inning. I'm like, can you now turn it off, please? For the love of God, can you turn off this freaking game? And <laughs> all right, back to you. <laughs> And so begins the rally. Hit here, hit there. They start chipping away. It gets no, within. But, yeah, but but just remember, like you said, they're gonna come back when it was eight nothing. So, You're like they're gonna come back. Nothing. And I said, yeah, I, and I, and I, said I made a Eric, deal. I said, I said, if they they're gonna come back, and you go, if they come back from this deficit, I will become a Met fan. I <laughs> made that the declaration. Words that you, you said me, okay. They came back. <laughs> yeah. They came so, back and they won on a Piazza home run. 
Yep, that happened. Oh, so, do you I remember, think I was at that game. You remember that game? Okay, yeah. So, Jones, think about that. It was 8 nothing, and I told Eric that I would become a Met fan, and I meant it. Like, I will become a Met fan if they come back, because I knew no way in hell they're coming back in the ninth inning, and they rallied and won, like, 9-8. <laughs> so, I, technically, I'm a Met fan. Not, that what year would you think that would have that was? Oh, like, it had to be like 2000. 99, 2000-ish. Yeah. Wouldn't have been after 2001? Maybe. It could have been. Could have been college. We might have been starting. Somewhere nah. in that. No. 17 or 18. Yeah. 2000, it was like 99, 98, 99, 2000 era. Okay. I was at a game in 2001 where uh, Piazza was on the bench the entire game. And they were like, they were in a major deficit. And. Like one by one, they like came back like all in a row, and then in the ninth inning, they bring Piazza out, and they were gonna leave him on the bench the whole game, but they were like, you know what, we stand to win, we stand to win. He hits a home run, and they win. It was well, crazy in the stadium that night. That might have been it. Either way, well, it, either way, it made Chris a Met fan, and there's no taking that back. I'm a Met fan, and I'm allowed to make fun of them because I'm a Met fan. So that kind of happened. But anyway, we'll so, talk. We'll we'll get Dorney back by uh, talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin a lot. Yes, perfect. All right. The next thing uh, that we wanted to do weeks and weeks ago, we haven't gotten around to it, but we finally have some time to talk about it, and we're going to. And that is True Detective season three. We've been teasing. Uh, I don't know if we teased it on the air, but we've definitely been amongst ourselves we've wanted to do a true detective review segment since the first episode aired like five weeks ago it's such we a didn't. good show <laughs> it's such a good show i guess it's better off that we kept uh procrastinating because now we have five episodes under our belt to really give it a, a more thorough analysis so we yeah get- but on the downside of that we only have three episodes left of the seasons so that kind of hurts it stings it stings it's so good all right. Can so, I can I can I let the audience know that I've I've never seen the show before and that I don't even know what it's about? You've never seen any of the seasons? I've I have no idea what the show's about. I don't know what channel it's on. I don't know who's in it. Do people detect? Is it actually true? Okay, so it's about uh, an ice cream do- shop in um <laughs> in Kansas and they make all different flavors. <laughs> That's it. So I'm gonna do a I'm gonna do a quick little little run back of the show for uh just for Jones and anybody who hasn't seen it, right? So um, True Detective, it's a drama on HBO, and it's created by Nick Pizzolatto. The first season starred Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey as detectives, and it's, it's like an eight-episode miniseries, a uh, very dark show, very dark topics, um, and it takes place on multiple timelines. Like That's like one of the things it does. So the Woody Harrelson, Matthew McConaughey season took place in like, I think it was the eighties and like 2000, like tens. Yep. It was uh, like, see, fla- it flashed back and forth between those two timelines. All right. And it was, it was one of the best things I've ever watched in my entire life. Season one, right? Season two, uh, was, was weak. Was it was Colin Farrell, Vince Vaughn. And, uh, what's her name from mean girls, Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. So that was your main, your main cast of season two, which was a little weird. Had a great finale. Um, I may go back and rewatch it, though, because I feel like I didn't give it its fair share because so many things were going on simultaneously in that season that it was kind of hard 
to understand it, but I hear the second watch actually makes it better. So I think I'm going to do that. Season three now, which is what we're up to, they're all different stories, by the way, too. This isn't like a continuation. Uh, this one is Marsala Ali and Stephen Dorff. Those are your two. Did you say Marsala? Like yeah. chicken Marsala? Yeah. Isn't Mahershala? Is it? Maybe. Maybe not. Have you ever heard his name said? <laughs> uh, I heard my wife say it. I think, <laughs> I think that's how she says it. Mahershala. I, think, I, think, I believe his name is Marsala Ali. Marsala? Like, okay. Yeah. It's spelled Mahershala, but I think pronounced it's Marsala. Hey, teach their own. <laughs> uh, it's actually uh, Ali. <laughs> oh, Marsala Ali? Marsala Ali. Okay. okay. Damn it. So it's, it's, they it's, are. It's Ivan Drogo Ali. <laughs> yes. Yes. Related to, so, the, the, related to the very famous Steam <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So Marsala Ali and Steven Dorf. Steven Dorf, who hasn't done much of anything um, that, that people would know over the past. What would you he say? He does those fake commercials. He does those e-cigarette commercials. <laughs> yeah, but like, <laughs> besides that, man. He was in Blade. He was a that, but guy. I'm saying, besides like 10 or 20 years, like what have you seen Dorfin? Nothing. Nothing. So they're did two detectives. Say, did you just say Endorphin? <laughs> <laughs> so they're detecting over three timelines, actually, in this, in this um, series. Same case, three different timelines, like so what, what are they, 80s, 90s, and then 2015, I think it is? It's, a, it's 1980, 1990, so okay. exactly 10 years later, and then a big jump to 2015. I think it's 2015. Yeah. And whoever's doing the makeup for this show should win a friggin' award because the way they make them age is unbelievable. It's very realistic. It does not feel like, you know, old Biff in, in Back to the Future 2. It like, looks yeah. legit. There's nothing cheesy about it. Like It's so perfectly done. Um, I started off watching with the season and Marsala Ali is such a great actor. Like He won the Oscar for Moonlight. Like He's so good at what he does that I was kind of ready to like lean toward him being like my favorite actor on the show. Steven Dorff has blown this role out of the water and I want to give him like all the kudos. I want to actually send him a box of those kudo granola bars and be like, <laughs> you are, you earned this dude. Yeah. He really is fantastic in the show. I love, so I love the fact that it is three distinct timelines and they're still working on the same case over these three timelines, but you don't know what happened in between. So that's like the mystery all the time. So you're, you're, you know, you're unraveling all this new stuff and the way the characters uh, interact with each other their their dynamic together is just so perfect cuz they're like they're not they're not overly like friendly people at all on the show but you could tell how much they actually care about each other these two guys uh and and it's just amazing i think so i was actually talking to one of our listeners a great friend of the show and just a great friend in general derek who has he gave us the jason momoa feedback in our last episode <laughs> <laughs> and I was telling him that we were going to do a True Detective review. And he's like, one thing that he thought was was a little, not a beef. He wasn't critiquing the show, but just something that kind of threw him off a little bit was like how he was going to feel about the fact that they're doing the same like time jump uh, format as season one. So 
I, I, I thought it was worth mentioning, but my thought to that is it's a, it's a, from a format perspective, it's similar to season one, but overall the story and the vibe and the characters are so different and so unique and so refreshing. And, um, it kind of, they did also use like the, the, uh, razor, uh, the razor trick that you do when you have like the Mach three razor and you're like, well, how do we make it new and improve, make it the Mach four. So the season one of true detective had one, uh, two timelines. Season three has three timelines. I think that little change makes a very big difference in, in how the story flows. But see, my whole thing is <clears throat> it's not like we get shows like this shoved down our throats constantly. So the fact that five years ago or four years ago, whatever it was, we had season one, which did this two, uh, two timeline jump. I mean, like before that, I can't think of anything that did it. Yeah. And, you and, know, so um, I can't beef on that because it's the same writer and he didn't steer me wrong when he did it in season one. So I have faith that he won't steer me wrong in season three. Yeah, because I really have no idea where this is going. Right. So if, it, you know, it, the, whatever, whatever, maybe the format they're using, it may be similar, but the story itself just feels feels unique and different and refreshing. And the actors bring that different, like that unique and refreshing feel to it because it's two totally different characters than the, than the first two guys. Like Woody Harrelson played Woody Harrelson. Matthew McConaughey played Russ Cole, who was one of like the most quiet, like, but serial killer wanting to burst out of him types. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so many demons like pouring out of his seams yeah. in that first season that it was like a beautiful thing to watch. Whereas these two guys, you know, it's a little different. Masala Ali is a, is he was a veteran. Um, and Steven Dorff is just like, he's kind of got like that asshole vibe, you know? And like, it, it, it works for that specific time period and that dude. And he plays it so well. He really does. So I follow the subreddit, uh, the true detective subreddit on Reddit. And it's one of the best places to get people's ideas of, uh, and like, theories and all that stuff and uh <clears throat> yeah i know you you don't go on it uh but me and blank our friend blank are constantly sending things we find on there back and forth and there's like so many theories in my head that i want to explode and i almost can't sleep at night because i think i know what happened <laughs> yeah no i go on reddit sometimes i'm a, I'm a reddit fan i, I, just I didn't know go, you were a redditor or not yeah i just don't go deep down the rabbit hole like uh like like others do but yeah i'm a redditor all right, so that concludes, I think, our... Uh... Yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, so I don't really want to like talk about... It's still fresh. Like, If it wasn't airing at the moment, it'd be a different. Yeah. But because it's still mid-season, I don't want to kind of like give anything away for those who may be like an F behind or two Fs behind. So just Are know you... it's fantastic, and we wreck it hard. Yeah. Are you guys uh, able to Google something real quick? Absolutely. Google the actor that you're talking about. Which one? Steven Dorff? The other guy that I'm not going to say his name, Marsala Ali. Uh, yeah, that guy. Yeah. Google his name and his actual real name is much longer than that. It's, and I want to see how you guys pronounce it. It's Mahershala. I'm telling you. Oh, no, it's not. It's Marsala. Marsala Lal Hashbaz Ali. That's, that's a serious name right there. 
It is a lot of letters in it. And you know, his agent was like, hey, dude, listen, just go by Mo. <laughs> just be Mo Ali. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, I'm sticking with it. They're like, no one's going to ever book you. <laughs> his agent was wrong. He proved them all 18 wrong. letters, 18 letters in his first name. I'm reading here that he had a, uh, the only reason he changed his name from the full length to the shorter length is because when he was in this movie called the place beyond the pines, his name didn't fit on the movie poster. Which wow. I think is, that's crazy that you have that many letters in your name. That's a long name. Wow. All right. So check it out. True detective on HBO. Do it. It's good for you. Okay. Time out. Tell uh, you can tell your wife. It is Mahershala. It is. It's Mahershala. I just listened to it on YouTube. Yeah. Mahershala Ali. Yeah. I thought so. I'm not afraid to admit when I'm wrong. No, listen, it's an honest. I got no I pride, no shame, nothing. I wouldn't even call it a mistake. You, you haven't heard anyone say it out loud enough times. It's a really hard name to say. I'm with you, man. Um, if I were, if we were in the room together, I would have given you a fist bump, but. Oh, I appreciate that, man. <laughs> well, I appreciate you. Oh, oh he was actually, that guy was actually the voice of the Prowler in the Spider-Man movie. That's awesome. Huh. Well, one of our listeners, one of our listeners cared about that fun fact. Jesus. Sorry, man. Hey, Jones, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Um, okay. So the next segment we have tonight is one we haven't done, I think, in a while. Damn, Rec- we're moving along. <laughs> You're moving fast. Well, we got trivia tonight. We haven't done trivia oh, in a while snap. either. So we gotta we gotta get to step in. You know, no filler. Right, so l- no filler on this episode. All right, so you want to you want to do recommendations or you want to skip it? No, let's do it. I think we can. I can okay, I think we got time. All right, all right. You want to go first? Yeah, I'll kick it off. So, um, I watched the Fire documentary on Netflix. Uh, Fire was a festival that was supposed to happen in 2017. Uh, it was created uh, by a guy named Billy McFarland and Ja Rule, and they uh, they basically they made this video saying they were going to they put what I think it was Pablo Escobar's old island and they were going to throw a crazy like concert festival there and they they made this video making it look like it was going to be dope if you paid a certain amount of money you were each going to get a private villa on the water everyone was going to be flown in by private jets it was like this whole thing people ended up paying thousands of dollars to get tickets to the show and after so many things went wrong and they had to move the location, people finally got there and it was like little tents set up on like a sandy area, not like on a private ocean, nowhere. And there was like, there was less than enough beds for people and like luggage was lost. And uh, they were supposed to have like There's gourmet no chefs. Yeah, they're supposed to have like gourmet chefs and meals being prepared. And the first night, they got like a piece of cheese on bread and like a little salad in the side compartment of like a kid's lunch tray. And a kid tweeted that out, and that picture made this entire ordeal go totally viral. Yeah, it was, and it was like a it was a fraud. And there's like so many lawsuits going on now against this guy Billy McFarlane. He's actually been, uh, I think, he's actually been accused of like he's gone through trial on a few of them and he's been he's found convicted. guilty. No, he's got, yeah, he's he got, convicted. he got six years in jail for uh, wire fraud and a few other things. He was essentially, I mean, they really were trying to do this festival. Like that was, it's not like they were never planning on make doing the festival. No, they, but they, they tried, just, but it, it was it like hit a point where it should have been canceled. And like, you should have cut your losses, waited out another year 
to try and get everything correct, refunded the people's money who had already paid and started from scratch. And they would have been able to salvage the little bit of street cred they would have had. You know what I mean? But instead, they tried to push through and cut corners everywhere possible and it ended up becoming an absolute joke. Yeah, they they wasted so much money and every they burned through so much cash that they just kept uh, pulling in new investors, raising more and more cash. And every time, the reason they actually, why he's actually going to jail is because he was lying to the new investors about how much money his company was making, right? So he was completely f- making stuff up. And so people were investing based on those lies. Uh, and so essentially he was, he, was, he was scamming all the investors. And it, it was nuts. And here's the saddest part when you watch that thing. Fire was actually a tech company. He started a tech company to build an app. And the app was supposed to help people book talent for shows or concerts or whatever. So for example, if you were throwing a party and, like, and you wanted to hire uh, you know, a famous you know, pop singer, you could hire them through this app. That was the idea. And they had a whole company with like, you know, f- say I'm making it up, 50 employees who are like engineers and like tech people. And he, the, Billy McFarlane, the CEO, decides, hey, let's throw this fire festival as a way to kind of build our name and like, you know, kind of get out there. And he ended up getting so deep into this hole that he spent all of their money, all their resources, everything to throw this concert that never materialized and destroyed all the people that were just honest people working for that company, like lost their jobs. Yep. They never got paid. They like, it was horrible, horrible. But that, I watched it too, as you, as you can tell. Yeah, uh, it's fantastic. It's the, the, the worst part, and like the part that really got to me the most was they had so many of these people from the island where they, where they actually like set up and were trying to push the show. They had these people working for them, like, every every local from the island was working and like none of them got paid and you know they had like their boss and that guy actually had to leave the island because they wanted to kill him because none of the workers got paid and like they blamed him they blamed the guy that, who, they b- blamed their another local guy you mean their right? local boss and like that's just it's terrible yeah it's just awful but incredibly interesting i couldn't like it was like one of those things, like once I started watching that, uh, I couldn't like I couldn't stop. I was like, I need yeah, to it was see a, this it was story. a two hour two hour documentary, and it felt like it was like fifteen minutes. It was so so much stuff packed in it and so entertaining. I recommend that to every single one of you that hasn't seen it yet. I gotta ask too. So I'm I'm doing some quick reading while you guys are talking about this, and uh, this was promoted as a concert. Am I right? Yeah, it was it was a festival it was supposed to be like multiple bands. Um, like a high upscale type festival, like a Coachella with like private villas. You know what I mean? Yeah. So did, did any music acts actually play this thing? They all canceled. Um, they all canceled. Like, and people were getting cancellations on Twitter as they were like flying to the concert or like they had already landed on the island. They can't. Like Blink 182, like the night before, was like, yeah, we're not playing this. We didn't get paid yet. Like, totally not happening. Yeah, they were going to play it. Like, they were actually yeah. booked, but then they were like, this. They, they, Blink-182 actually canceled because they were like, we don't believe that the you know production setup is sufficient for us to actually put on a, a decent show. And that, I get that perspective from them. They're like, they don't want to look bad. Like, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to sound like garbage. And like, and what happened? They, 
the video, the promotional video they made was like the real fire festival. Like they really yes. did. Like they, they, they brought all these like influencers and social media, like celebrities down like these like supermodels to the island and they partied for like two months and just videoed it the whole thing oh my on, on god a real, on a real private island yep but then they got kicked off that private island because that was pablo escobar's private like his old island that's where that one took place you want to know the funny thing it goes overlooked because it happens really quickly in the, in the documentary but something that blew my mind that just shows like the stupidity of this guy he had that island they actually leased him the island, the actual real private island. And they said, yes, the and they gave him stipulation, one, yeah. <laughs> one stipulation. You cannot publicly say that this was once owned by Pablo Escobar. The one thing. And the first thing that they, the promo video said, like, on an island, once owned by Pablo Escobar. <laughs> so they're like, well, you, 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 we, that was part of our contract. Now get off our island. So they got kicked off of the island, and then they had to find a, a backup location. The backup location was like, in like a rundown like corner of, of like a regular island where like normal tourists go. So it's not in any way private. It's like exact opposite of private. And on top of being a, a public island with a bunch of people on it already, it was the location that they gave them was not even like true like sandy property. It was like a no. it was like an old construction site. Yeah, it was just it was like terrible. gravel. And they, they had to pump in sand to make it look like a beach, but it was like a gravel parking lot with, with like little hurricane uh, refugee te- tents set up. That's what it was. It was leftover refugee tents they used as the villas. Craziness. And like they didn't even have them pre-mattressed. So like they just had stacks of mattresses there. So when you finally got in with your ticket, they're like, yeah, just go grab whatever mattresses you need and bring them to your villa. Yeah. And by the way, it rained the night before. So when people got there, all the mattresses were soaked because they were left outside. So you and had they said people were mattress. like, they said people were destroying the tents around them. So they had privacy. They were like cutting them down and like pissing all over them. So nobody would stay next to them and they had like a private area. It became like Lord of the Flies the first night there. No one had luggage. It was crazy. Wow. Yeah. So bad. Oh. So watch it. Yeah. Jones, you should definitely watch it. Yeah. I'm, I can't wait to watch this actually. <laughs> yeah. I, had read, I had read about it in Rolling Stone a couple of years ago and, and it was just shocking. I feel like this, that kind of thing could not have happened in any other decade, but now. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, it was all like social media driven. Like they, it, honestly, the the marketing campaign for it was brilliant. They just didn't back up what their marketing said. If they would have, it was yeah. You go, you go. Now I was just gonna say, like, if they did, if they had actually hired expert event managers or event planners and spent like a year preparing instead of a month and a half, uh, they could have thrown an epic festival. Could have become like the new Coachella, but they completely completely dropped the ball and they make a they make a funny like a statement where they would get like 60,000 likes on their post and all it took was this one kid posting a picture of that meal that he cracked like a million on his Twitter and he had like 16 followers it was like the kid had no social media presence but that one picture of the cheese on bread and a little bit of lettuce next to it was enough to send the entire world into a frenzy yeah so they were crushed by one kid's Twitter yeah it was bad Oh man, it was it was actually I you actually feel bad for everyone except for the except for the CEO. You for, you literally feel bad for everyone else involved because every other employee I felt bad for. Yeah. All right. So what else? So yeah, we, watch it. Fire Netflix. 
Yeah, I have one recommendation for this week. I actually had two, but just for the sake of time, I'll I'll save my my other one for next week. Do the first one. Do the first one. Yeah, there is a new album out from a band called Say Anything. The name of the album is Oliver Appropriate. It is a fantastic album for those who kind of like, um, I'll say, quirky alternative, you know, post punky kind of vibe. <laughs> it is fantastic. How do you like that description of the genre? Eric? That was a, a <laughs> absolute perfect description, and the album is fantastic. It's so good. I, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I skipped the first song just because it's slow, and played all through. But I think I have to like once I get, once I fully absorb like songs two on i'm gonna go back and i'll probably fall deeply in love with song one but for those um, who are gonna go try Ew jersey it, is my favorite song by the way oh Ew jersey yeah yeah uh, mine is pink snot nice yeah uh and then days d-a-z-e is another great one <laughs> so good times so check that out if you're into that type like what do you call it <laughs> what kind of it's music just, is it it's just fun and enjoyable rock yeah. Without the full rock feel. Yeah. It's like stripped down rock and very, very quirky, witty lyrics. Okay. So, so, yeah. so the next time. Say anything. We, yeah. <laughs> say anything. Oliver appropriate. Good times. Next segment we have, Eric. This is another one we haven't done in a while. This one is called This Week I Learned. Ah, awesome. Can I start this one off? Yeah, go ahead. So I read I read a fun one today that there were actually pencils produced in the 90s with the slogan too cool to do drugs. They were all recalled because when they got sharpened, every pencil just said do drugs. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> so that was a uh, that was a campaign that went south real quick. Oh, wow, that's a good one. All right. Mine's not as funny. Damn it. Um, mine. It's OK. It, they can be informative. So you know how like the stereotype of a pirate is they wear an eye patch. Absolutely. So you might think to yourself, what is it about the pirate lifestyle that makes you always lose an eye, right? It seems like an odd thing that happens to everyone, like the same injury happens to everyone, right? I always just assume they got stabbed in the eye in sword fights. Yeah, me too. Turns out that the eye patch was real. It was a thing. It was a trend. And it was not because they lost an eye. Actually, they would use the eye patch to keep one eye adjusted to the darkness so that when they quickly had to go, you know, below deck, they would f- like flip up the eye patch and use the other eye, the one that was covered, to see in the dark. So think about it. you guys have all you know what I'm talking about. Like when you're outside in a, in a big, like a crazy sunny day in the summer, and then like you walk into a dark room and it's like you can't see anything, but it takes you like a few minutes before you could start seeing again. Well, that was genius. A competitive disadvantage if you're about to like you know pillage another another boat right so if you had to jump below deck and like take everyone you know prisoner or whatever you wouldn't want to jump down under there and be um blind for a second right so they would keep the eye patch on until the last minute they would flip it up and they'd be able to see so one-eyed willie was at a total disadvantage he was amongst the other pirates he was actually one-eyed uh and, and that that's kind of stinks. I hope he kept the eye patch on 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 the missing eye. <laughs> it'll be a terrible strategy. See what I, what I used to do when I was a pirate was that I would stay below deck all the time and I would shine a flashlight in my one eye. You see so like- that when I had to go up, I could actually see what I was doing. I love everything about that. <laughs> you seem like a below deck kind of <laughs> kind of pirate. Well, that's where to- that's where the the steering wheel and the Nintendo were. <laughs> 
Uh, it makes shit. no sense, but that's why I love it. Uh, all right. All right. So I have one. I have one more quick one. Sure. Hit it. Um, I heard. I read Ivy League schools used to take nude pictures of all incoming freshmen up until the '60s, claiming they were meant to study posture. How crazy is that? That's creepy. Uh, Every men single and student, women or or men and women. Weird. That is really creepy. Up to the '60s, you'd like. I would. Th- I would think well, that would have been clipped way before. Yeah. Welcome to Harvard. Take your clothes off. <laughs> yeah, we're doing it for a posture study. Yeah, I'd be like, no, I'll pass. I'll pass. Weirdos. So weird. Jonesy, do you have any uh, this week I learned? I do. Uh, I'd like to tell you guys about the case of McBoyle versus the United States. I'd love to hear it. Uh, so with this case, pretty By much the way, says, horrible um, name, McBoyle. <laughs> oh, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah, it's a great, that's a, that's a, that's a bad one. Yeah, his first name is Maher Schaller. Uh, <laughs> Mars- <laughs> Marsala McBoyle. Yeah. That's a great name. <laughs> Marsala McBoyle. Uh, so in 1931, he stole an airplane, but he was acquitted on all charges because back then airplanes were not considered vehicles and there was no law against aircraft theft. <laughs> oh, wow. That's amazing. Wow. Talk about a loophole. That's a serious loophole. Yeah, so he, he transported the plane from Ottawa, Illinois to Guyman, Oklahoma. And, uh, Guy man? <laughs> yeah, Guy man. And uh, the, the law, the, they tried it. So the, the law that stopped people from stealing cars was just written very, very specifically about cars. Uh, I also want to say that now it's illegal to steal aircraft. <laughs> That's yeah, important, I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad they patched that one. Yeah. yeah so I don't, I don't want anybody to try it uh, based on what I say here. So that was a good one. All right. <laughs> nice job. Okay. So what do you guys think? We have two news stories, but we also have trivia and we're, um, we're running long. What do you guys think? Do you want to do news? Uh, are we doing another show this week? We are. So we'll save them. So let's, let's save them. All right. So that brings us to, wow, that, 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 really cannonballs the trivia because I was I, I had done a trivia for February 6th. I wanted it to be very current. No, we're not cutting the trivia. No, we're not cutting yours. We're cutting the in the news. Oh, okay. All right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we may cut you from the show, which is a general. Oh, no. That's a whole other topic. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it, that brings us to trivia. Eric, do you want to do the theme song with me? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's trivia. All right, Jonesy, you're the host tonight. Let's do this. All right, y'all. Uh, I had wanted to do originally some kind of Super Bowl trivia, but realized that it's a little, uh, little after the fact. Might not be so entertaining. So, in order to do the most current uh, trivia that I could possibly think of, we're doing February sixth trivia. I'm so <laughs> nervous. Are you guys are you guys excited as I am for February sixth trivia? Um hey, it's a great excited, day. ninety-nine percent nervous. It's uh four <laughs> days after Groundhog Day, which is my favorite holiday, so I'm excited. Yeah, so th- th- this will be better than you think, I I promise. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> I feel a All train right, wreck coming on. <laughs> no confidence at all. <laughs> So how how are we gonna choose who goes first? Uh oh, this is important. So we have to do rock, paper, scissors, says shoot. 
Yeah, but we don't have to. We don't have to clarify that. We know that. No, we know that. But I just want for some of our listeners had the feedback that we. Why? Who the hell doesn't do that? Some people just say rock paper scissors shoot, which I think is who. Great. Who are these people? Weird, <laughs> weird people. They probably live in the backwoods somewhere, and I don't know. They're the people that have their to own children. This. They have to restart this game every time they play it. They're those are those people. <laughs> what? Yeah. I don't even know what that means. Uh, I'm trying to think about what that means. I guess because one, the person they're playing against will probably say says, but they won't. So they'll go at awkward times and have to have to redo it. Oh, restart rock, paper, scissors. Oh, I thought you I'm meant guessing trivia. that's what he meant, but I, I could like, be wrong too. What he's talking about. Oh. I'm, I'm not going to confirm that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So pomp, you ready? Uh, I was born ready. All right. Look into the camera right now on the computer. So okay. I need to see your eyes. Okay. Rock, paper, scissors. Wait, no, hold on. Start over. Sorry, I got nervous. <laughs> One, two, three. Rock, Rock paper, paper, scissors. scissors says, says shoot. shoot. Why'd you do it so slow? I feel like we need to say it faster. By the way, we both threw out scissors. So I can't see yours, so it's kind of cheating. Oh, okay. You can't see mine. No, I couldn't see your hand. It was under the camera. All right. <laughs> <laughs> not being in the same room is so weird. How about this? Jones, Jones, just pick one of us. To yeah, go just first. pick one of us. This is not happening. Wow. Remember when my, my trivia questions were going to be a train wreck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eric, you're going to go first. Okay. Because your, your name starts with E. <laughs> and Pomp's name starts with a P. <laughs> okay. That's, the first question is, is celebrity birthdays. Okay. Today is a national holiday. Did you know this? In both not. both Jamaica and Ethiopia, in honor of what famous singer? Is it Bob Marley? It's Bob Marley. Woo! Well done. All right, pump this next one for you. Today is the fifty-second birthday for what English-born singer who became an internet phenomenon in two thousand seven? I'm going to go with Rick Astley. It is Rick Astley. Wow. We're so good at this. Uh, one, one right now. All right. We're going to move over to history. February 6th history, guys. Are you guys ready for February 6th oh, man. history? <laughs> I was not, I not could, ready. I can legitimately hear our listeners snoring right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Eric. What John Steinbeck novel was published on this date in 1937? Steinbeck. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that like I know uh, novels that a guy named Steinbeck has written uh, of mice and men. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> how did you? Wow. That's Neato. 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 I'm impressed. All right, so it's 2-1 now. All right, Chris, here you go. The first patent for the microchip was filed on this date. By Jack Kilby on behalf of what major electronics company? Okay, so I know I can't give you two answers and hope that one of them is right, but I'm gonna before I answer, I'm gonna say it's either Hewlett Packard or IBM, and I am going to go with. Please be the other one of what he says. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Hewlett Packard. Hewlett Packard? No, IBM. No, Hewlett Packard. Yeah, I'm gonna stick to it. They're both wrong. Sorry. Ah, really? <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. It's Texas Instruments. Oh, yes. Good old TI. Damn it. 
All right. Ah, damn it. All right. All right, Eric. Which state became the sixth state to ratify the Constitution on this very date in 1788? That would be New Hampshire. Oh, no. I'm sorry. It's Massachusetts. (laughs) I thought if I said it confidently, you might let it go. (laughs) Well, you know what? Technically, Massachusetts is a commonwealth, so Jonesy kind of steered you wrong. It's not a state. Just saying. (laughs) Just yeah, saying. yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say that, but you jumped in. <laughs> Ooh. All right, all right, all right, pump. Is this for the win? No, this would be for a tie. If this would be for a tie. All right, and I have, a, I have me a, if he goes. I have a tiebreaker question. All right, if the if this does occur, King George the Fourth of England died on this very date, February sixth, in nineteen fifty two. Who succeeded him? Um, King Edward. King? No, no, no. It, it's Queen Elizabeth, the current. I monarch. knew that. I knew it. Oh, that's her dad. Oh, I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking the guy before that. Oh, well, that it. just just chalked that up to another win in my trivia column. Wow, I'm embarrassed. Jones, I'm not gonna lie. That was a pretty solid. Uh, that was a pretty solid grouping of questions. That was not bad, right? That was fantastic. I take back yeah. everything I said about the train wreck. Yeah, Chris um, liked. Chris wanted to shoot all over that, but I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was pretty well done. Pomp, I'm going to give you a one more shot for a bonus question. Is that all right? Yeah, yeah. Just regain some uh, self-respect over here because I'm feeling pretty <laughs> little, low right little now. Street cred too. Yeah. Uh, this one doesn't have much to do with the the national holiday of February sixth, but it's still a pretty good one. So if Murphy's law is defined as whatever can go wrong, will go wrong. And Finagle's law is anything that can go wrong, will go wrong at the worst possible moment. What is Cole's law? It is cabbage and mayo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my God. We all win. That was so good. Uh, well, well played. <laughs> Oh, I needed to ask the dad the dad joke. Oh, are we yeah. going to name this episode? That's, that's why I, law. <laughs> it should be called Cole's Law. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> that's why I got it because I'm a dad and it was a dad joke. I speak that language. Uh, uh, well, do- well done. Oh man, I feel so much better about myself now. All right, let's quit now while we're ahead. <laughs> yeah, let's Costanza this bad boy. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so. Uh, it's been fun. I miss being in the same room as you guys. Yeah, but don't worry. We have another show in like three days, so we're good. Yeah, which I can't wait to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, for now, you know, check us out on Instagram. Give us a follow. Like our stuff. Message us. DM. Slide in our DMs. We love it. Yeah, for uh, We're just dinner for dessert on there. It's very easy to find us. Twitter, DFD Podcast. Um, that's about it. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. And we appreciate all of you so much. We really do. Mike Arnone, stop trying to catch us uh, saying wrong things on the air. <laughs> we're gonna keep making. We're gonna keep making you, <laughs> making you feel that feeling of loss. Okay. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> you just went, you went from Posi to Negi real fast. <laughs> but back to positive. We do love you all, and even those of you that you. try and catch us. And we appreciate you so much. Big time. I want to. I want to call out every listener by name from now on. <laughs> I want to see you with the bike racks at three o'clock. <laughs> Whoa, you want to fight them? Yeah, don't fight them. No, no, I want to give them uh, chocolate chip cookies. Yes, <laughs> that's, that's more like it. 
Fresh. Bread. All right. So uh, can't wait to see you guys in person. Yeah, I miss you, man. And uh, and that's it. It's been real. We love you guys. You're supposed to say bye. <laughs> no, you're not gonna do bye. You you did it. <laughs> no, but you do it, and then I say peace. Bye. Peace. Peace. <laughs>